you and I both know that we're called to create more than just a business. Being an entrepreneur means we are the forerunners in innovation, problem solving, and serving our fellow human beings at the highest level. But in a world that is sick of being sold to, how do we get our products and our services out there and still remain profitable? Join me on my journey to help servant-hearted entrepreneurs with a message, grow their influence, profit, and freedom. I'm Danny Gupat, and this is the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to the Risen Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Gupat, and I am excited to introduce you today to today's guest, Jenny from Data Guided Decisions. Welcome here, Jenny. Thank you. It's good to be here. Hey, where are you from, actually? I forgot to I ask am that. That's okay. I am in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. So it's like evening at the time of this podcast. I'm in Germany. So you're, okay. it's like my evening, our dinner time yeah. or morning. Yep. It's just a little past lunchtime here. It's almost oh, one o'clock. Good afternoon then. We we're yeah. really excited to have you. Jenny, I'm going to introduce her a little bit before we get going. She is daughter of a king, mama to two micro premium miracles. Oh, I forgot to mention wife, of course. Um, <laughs> they're all grown up, a lover of dark chocolate and peanut butter and a data geek. She used her passion for data to overcome job loss due to chronic illness and fought through brain surgery and recovery and built a social media boutique agency called Data Guided Decisions. Wow. What a story. Yeah. So could you, we're so happy to have you here, by the way. Um, I would, I would love it if you could just uh, in, tell us about yourself and your journey. Um, this crazy story you have, oh my goodness. And yeah. to developing your own online agency. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty amazing story and it's, it's only something that could have been written by God um, because these are obviously none of the choices that I would have made for myself. Um, so, uh, Back in 1998, I learned I was pregnant with our baby girl, and I was still in college. I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and um, I, I had been running up until um, I had gotten pregnant. And so I was in decent shape even, you know, six months in. And then um, one Sunday morning, I woke up. I was 24 weeks along, and there were things that weren't right, and I will leave it at that. And so I tried to call my doctor's office, and of course, their phones are down. So my husband and I took off for the hospital, and I hadn't even been to childbirth classes. So I had no idea where to go. And so we went to the ER because isn't that where you go? And so um, when they realized I was pregnant, because it really wasn't even showing at that point. And so when they realized I was pregnant, they, and I was probably in labor, they put me in a wheelchair and took me up to the OB floor. And um, this was all about, we got to the hospital probably around 530 in the morning. And um, they, they discovered I was in full labor, fully dilated. Uh, my doctor contacted a 
position on the West Coast. So it was super early for them to decide what to do with me. They had given me a shot of steroids to try to help the baby's lungs, but um, decided ultimately that her best shot at survival was delivering her. And she was delivered at 7.02 a.m. So I was in the hospital for like an hour and a half and here comes baby girl. Um, She spent three months in the NICU. She came home five days before her due date without like a lot of times some of these kids will come home with a feeding tube in their nose um, and or oxygen. And she came home with me either. She came home at five pounds. Um, And so she really, we joked now um, that she was the poster child for preterm babies. Cause aside from, you know, just growing some and just, you know, eventually learning to drink from a bottle, she didn't have a ton of issues. We just had more of the typical stuff and she's still on the tiny side. She's almost 23. She is (laughs) not even five foot one and uh, she just broke a hundred pounds. I'm sure she's thrilled for me to say that, but um, she's just still tiny. And so um, five and a half years later, my husband and I decided, you know, that we wanted to add to our family, that we had gotten away from the trauma of all of that. And so they watched me very, very closely. And sadly at 20 weeks, I started having some contractions. They put me on bed rest. Um, I made it to 25 weeks in three days and along came Miss Hannah. And um, for everything that went right with Brianna, it went wrong with Hannah. Um, She was in the NICU for five months. Um, She had a heart surgery um, a month into her life. She was still technically preterm because it would have been 29 weeks gestation. And she was so unstable. They did her heart surgery there at the bed. Um, cause they, cause our OR was one floor down and they were, they did not want to move her because it's so hard on them. You don't realize how much impacts these tiny little babies because they're still supposed to be safely protected in mama's womb. Right. And now they're not, and they have all of these things assaulting them constantly, alarms, loudness, you know, pokes, prods, the whole bit. So um, she's 17 now. And over those 17 years, she's had over 100 surgeries. She was given a trach. We had it out for a while. It went back in a few years ago. And we're just kind of waiting to see where the Lord takes us with that. She's really living her best life because she's breathing easier than she ever has. She was um, awarded a trip through Make-A-Wish and her wish was to go to Paris from the U.S., which was, it was amazing, but um, it took a lot of work and we did it and it, but it proved to her and it proved to me that we can do this life, whatever God gives to us, we can do this. We just need to rely on him. And so in the midst of all that, I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, um, which is a connective tissue disorder. Um, Joints dislocate. um, I've blown out knees and ankle. Yes, I said knees, plural. (laughs) Um, A shoulder. And probably the most severe issue I had um, is what led to me losing a job and and deciding to start this boutique agency. Um, Back in 2014, I ended up going on medical leave. And um, these conditions are pretty rare. And so no one locally was either A, willing to tackle it or B, even realize there was anything wrong. Um, So I found a surgeon up in New York City through the power of social media. And um, I had a back surgery with him first. And then about 10 months later, I had a brain and spine surgery. Um, It's the 
issue I had is called Chiari malformation, and it's a herniation of the cerebellar tonsils. Try to say that fast. <laughs> um, and so they they go through the opening of of the skull in the back, the foramen magnum. And in my case, they were pressing on the brainstem and obstructing spinal fluid flow, causing breathing issues, heart rate issues. I would lose my balance. I actually fell multiple times. Um, and so when, when all of that is going on, you realize that the risk of not doing surgery is greater than this eight to 10 hour surgery. So we traveled back to New York and he took out a piece of the skull known as a decompression and um, then fused me from my skull down to my C2 to provide some uh, stabilization of that area. Um, I was ultimately off work for about 18 months and I have no hard feelings toward the company that I worked for, Um, but they did. They held my job for me for 18 months. I had a job that I absolutely adored. I had worked in data from the time I graduated, gosh, back in 19. 1998. Um, I was working in some kind of data. And then for the 13 years before my brain surgery, I had worked solely in pharmaceutical research and data management. So I loved this job. It was, it was really everything I wanted to do. And, um, I was, I was devastated and, um, I took some time to just kind of finish that recovery and really figure out now what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, because I also knew that I wasn't sure that I wanted to go back to a corporate setting. And so I started just doing some research, looking for data analyst type jobs, trying to see where, where I fit into this world now. Um, and I landed in social media management. And then as the social platforms up to their game in the analytics piece, I really started to find my home. And so I started really diving into the data that's out there and doing market research and really putting together, you know, a plan for my business, as well as then starting to reach out to people that maybe their businesses had plateaued. Um, maybe they weren't sure where to start. And then looking, you know, doing some market research if they had a social media presence, looking through what they had been been doing and helping them form a plan from there to either start their business or move their business forward from this plateau that they have hit. So um, I still get to do the things that I love, the, the data management piece, but um, it's in my own agency and I get to say where I'm going next. Wow. What an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it really shows like your strength, but I'm, I'm sure it's not all, you know, from you alone, you know, God was yeah. there with you. So what yeah. are, what are some ways like on reflecting, um, that God has used this history of yours to prepare you for what you're doing right now? It's when you look at people, you see how they present themselves, how they look, and you have no idea what's going on in their life at home, in their brain. You have no idea what obstacles people are facing because um, people would say to me, you look great. (laughs) And I would have, you know, wrist braces on, knee braces on. You know, I have this huge scar up the back of my head and it's given me the perspective of you never, and it's, it's, I read it somewhere too, you know, be kind to other people because you never know the battles that they are facing and you don't. And the other piece is that most people 
are open when you say, Hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? And it's, I am, I am very much an introvert. And so, um, sharing my story is, is one thing, but, um, I, I don't do small talk. I need deep relationships. And in, in going through all of these things, I reach a vast number of people. Um, I, I talk with moms who still have babies in the NICU, moms that have babies with trachs, long-term trachs, you know, people that have been through my surgery, people that have my conditions. And it, it ties us together but we all have different experiences though in, in how we landed here and how we dealt with it, what we've had to go through. And it just makes me very aware of, of the world around me and what's going on and never to, ju- I, I try really hard not to judge anyone. Right. Um, but I try very, very hard when I'm, I'm working with people or when people come to me and say, Hey, what would you do? Um, I try very hard to put myself in their shoes to the best of my ability to understand where they are. And, um, you know, you can't, sometimes you, there just aren't words and sometimes people just need you to be there. And a lot of times, you know, when I sat in the NICU or, um, when I was recovering from my surgery, I just needed to know that people were there. And so I try to be that person for other people. And whether it's if I can send them a gift card for a meal so that they don't have to cook or leave the hospital or whatever, or, you know, just listening to them or letting them text me with the horrendousness of their day and you know, in whatever terms they choose to use, because the stress of having a baby in the NICU is unbelievable. And especially if you have other kids at home, and especially if it's, it's a long-term NICU stay. And and like, for me, I was still trying to work at that point. Um, And so trying to juggle other kids, a husband, keeping up a house, a job, keeping on top of what's going on in the NICU is, is, is overwhelming and stressful. And I, I believe that God brought me to this place in a place of understanding so that I can be the person I needed to have in my life then for what, whatever situation it is. And if they ask for advice, I'll, t- I'll give it to them. But if they just need me to listen, I will just listen and, and wait for them to kind of unload everything and then say, you know, where, where do you want to go from here? You, you know, is that, is if that's all you needed, that's awesome. But if you need to talk, hash some of this stuff out, let's go, let's do it right here, right now. And again, people are very open for the most part. If you say, Hey, how can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? And it just allows God to infiltrate that conversation even, even more deeply than, than at the beginning. And, and ultimately that's my goal is, is in everything I do that it, it leads back to the Lord and, and for his glory. Wow. It sounds to me like uh, from going through all of this, that you've really developed an empathy for people. Um, right. And when I think about and maybe it's just me because I am not a data person, but when I think of like empathy and relationship and like data, for me, those seem kind of like opposites. <laughs> I, I don't, maybe you right. have a different take on it. So now I, that leads me to the next question as a data expert, why, why is using this data so, so important in our business? You know, I'm, I'm a very relationship person as well. Mm-hmm. So how, 
how does this connect? And you seem to be an expert in both these worlds. So I, I've, I've come up with a line and, and, and it's not mine. I can't take credit for it, but I've read it in other places. And it comes down to if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. The problem is you don't know where you've been and you don't know where you need to go. You don't know what's working and what's not working. And so by digging into, um, it, you know, if it's a new business, we, we look at market research and um, collect information from the client as far as what they think, how they think things should go, what they should be doing, look at the market research, and, and we start to build them a story. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like I spoke of earlier about, you know, when you're looking at sales right now, you cannot, especially for like, say a brick and mortar business, again, you cannot compare that to this time last year because the landscape is so incredibly different. And, and perhaps they weren't really promoting this brick and mortar store. They've been busy behind the scenes, building an online presence in an online store and trying to get all of those social media online pieces together. And so that's, that's where it's so important to, to look at the data because the data will tell a story. And you can also say it's, it's kind of that glass half full, half empty effect where I can look at a piece of data and, and say one thing and someone else might look at it and say something different and we're both right. But there needs to be some context behind it, especially when, again, when you look at what's happened over the last 10 months with the pandemic and, and, and the closures and quarantines and stuff, you really have to get a full picture to be able to, to adequately present the data to someone and, and build on it. Okay. Does so, that answer your question? Yeah, yes, I, I think so. So I guess when I think of data, I automatically think numbers, but now that you right. put it into like a story form, it sounds mm-hmm. a lot more relatable and like, yes. Oh yes. Okay. That makes sense. I understand that. So, right. um, this leads me to, um, thinking about, like information because data essentially is like information that tells right. a story. And when we're, let's say we're going back and we're, we're pivoting our business or we're starting a new business and um, we're doing research. And so we see that like market research, we see that data and it gets really overwhelming and you start getting confused or you're, you're even feeling a bit like insecure. Um, right. What would you say to the person who is in that position right now, collecting data and doesn't really know what to do with it, and it's actually feeling a bit overwhelming. I would say pick a piece of data to look at. For instance, if you download any of your Facebook analytics, there is a workbook that pops up with at least 20 different tabs in it. And when you look at that whole thing like, oh my gosh, it's a lot of data. But sometimes it's just being presented in a different manner. Um, and it's, and it's repetitive and it, so you really, you need to take a piece of it. So if you're starting a new business and and you've collected all of this, you know, industry specific information, demographics, um, to online behaviors, to hobbies and so forth, take a piece of that and start from there. Um, demographics is just an easy example for people to understand, um, you know, where, where are they in the world? Um, their age, their gender, um, things like that. And so that way, if, if in your head you are designing a business to serve female entrepreneurs, um, age 35 to 55, if this is what 
you think, then you need to look at the data and say, okay, either that is what the data supports or it isn't. And then you need to figure out how to move forward from there. And you really, I actually came across this. I was working with a gal that in her ideal client was, I think it was 24. 35 to 55 in, in, in her mind. And so I was looking through the analytics on her business page and in her Facebook group. And what we found was that in her Facebook group, it even, she had, you know, 35 to 55 was the predominant age range. But we also found that the next highest was like 18 to 25. And, and she, was, she was really stunned by that. And so really, we had two options at that point. Either A, there's something in your offers, your copy, your targeting if you're running ads that is missing the, your targeted age range. Or you need to sit down and think, am I leaving money on the table by not serving this other section. And, and we talked some about, you know, what are some reasons, why, what, what are 18 year olds doing, you know, looking to build their own websites? Well, here's the thing is that college is expensive and not everyone wants to go to college and you can still have a great job, a great career without college. And so people, instead of going to college right away, maybe they're taking some time to find out what really drives them? What motivates them? What do they like? And so they're looking at web design, at, at, you know, graphic design, social media management. They're looking at all these different things. And that's where this section came in for her, you know, what we've kind of boiled it down to. And when you read what's out there now, especially, you know, with with college costs as high as they are. And, you know, a lot of kids don't want to do online school and that's what's being offered right now. And so they're searching for ways, you know, maybe they think I'll just start this side hustle until it's more feasible for me to go to college or until I figure out what I really want to do. And this side hustle ends up becoming their job, their career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think you have to understand the choices when, when, when you're presented with data and, and there will likely always be choices, you know, do we keep doing this or do we do something else? Um, and in this case, is it, do I expand who my, in my targeting, who I'm working with, or do I really dig down into the things that I'm doing and figure out where the disconnect is and I'm, I'm not reaching these people exclusively? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because I think, especially when you're, when you're growing your business, you, um, often we, we think we're just like, you know, you, there's a, ten, a <laughs> I can't talk, <laughs> but, um, you're just trying things out. Right. And right. you're, you're saying that, you know, try things out and, but then the data actually shows us like, you know, are, are we successful in reaching who we want to reach? Are we right. Are we actually missing a whole segment of people that we could reach that we didn't even think about before? Right. Uh, and so it's almost like expanding your horizon. I think often as entrepreneurs, we think we have this great idea, we have this great business, and we kind of just like do this one thing. But the data, uh, from what I understand you're saying, is like it can mm-hmm. it can really um, help you be more targeted and also right. open up like whole new worlds of of um, possibility that you probably you didn't right. know exist. Right. Absolutely. So I, I like that you, um, you come at social media a little bit differently. I, I think, you know, I've seen a lot of social media managers. It's like, you know, posting, um, you know, whatever 
every month, but you, you're right. really like data focused um, right. and that you're using that to um, craft kind of an online presence. And I haven't heard that from many people where they're, right. they're using numbers to actually um, create a strategy behind right. it. Uh, Absolutely. So I think that's, that's really exciting. And um, you, you're offering a free discovery call for all of our listeners. Could you tell us a little bit more of how, like, what does this look like? What do you do? So, um, essentially I've designed them to be 30 minutes long, but I find that, um, there, we just, we end up talking about so much and, and I want people to get a full picture. And so, um, I have a questionnaire designed, but sometimes I think that's not even, relevant. And so, um, I had a call last week and a couple of days before the call, I said, I was going to send this questionnaire over, but you know, she's, she was running, she's running a business. She's a coach and, um, she just kind of plateaued and she's not sure what's going wrong, what's going right, not sure where to go next. And so I said, um, what do you want me to look at? Is it a Facebook page? Is it a, a you know, your business page, a group page is what is it, you know, whatever platform, is it website that you want me to, to look at and, and look through like your Google analytics, if you've got that installed. And so basically she just said, you know, I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure. And, and it, she just, she wasn't sure. And so I said, okay. I said, what about this? I said, how about if I look at your business page and she was, she's, she was trying to also post on her personal page. So, um, cause she's a coach and, you know, posting on her personal page, Hey, I've got a new class coming up or I've got some one-on-one -on -one coaching spots available. And, and she was going into groups and excuse me, trying to build relationships in a group, add people, you know, add them as friends and then nurture that relationship outside of the, that group. And, it works to some degree, but it's time consuming. And, um, yeah. nobody wants to, to, nobody wants to invest that much time and then it not go anywhere. Right. So we needed to get really specific. So I went into the call and I, I had, um, I had looked at a, some different things. And so I just, I went into a call. We talked about some website monitoring because we weren't sure that her website was really converting. And there's a, some different plugins and programs that you can install on your website that will track how people interact with your site. And it, it can give you some great information. You know, if they're not reaching the bottom of your website page, guess what? If you've got your social media buttons buried down there, they're never going to, I mean, I won't say never, but if they're looking for more information on you, they're not going to go down to those. They're not going to end up scrolling all the way down. People want that information at the top of the screen, you know, stop the scroll immediately, you know, cause they're never going to get past. Most people don't make it past the halfway mark on a, on a website page. It just, it, that's what these heat maps have shown. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, we talked about doing some keyword and hashtag research and um, looking to see more possibilities than just, the words she thought people were using. And I, I use um, Google Keyword Planner and you can put in, you know, say lifestyle coach and it will pull up like how many times people are looking for that. But then it also pulls up associated searches. Mm -hmm. So now you can see 
all this other stuff that people are searching for. And you're missing out on all of this because you've honed in on lifestyle coaching. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really broadens the possibility of people finding her if she's willing to use some keywords outside of what she had been using. Um, and then we also talked about um, getting some testimonials up on her business page and inside her group. And I said, um, if, if you're talking with them, ask them, you know, if you can record the audio and maybe put audio up or if they're willing to do a video um, for what she does. Um, it, it's for weight loss. So showing before and after pictures, if your clients are comfortable with that and having them either write out you know, a compelling testimonial or if, if they'd be willing to do an interview. Um, and then we also talked about, um, a content strategy, um, you know, like say member spotlight Monday and, and once a month or every week or, or whatever suits her to do some of these interviews, whether they're live or recorded, um, and really making sure that when she set her goals, when we go into this content strategy, that her goals are measurable to begin with and that each piece of content supports that goal. And if it's for a 30-day challenge or a paid one-on-one -on -one coaching package, whatever she's aiming for with, with a goal is making sure that everything we're doing is in alignment with that goal and it can be measured so we know where we're going, what we're doing. We can see what's working and what isn't working. And obviously, do less of what isn't working and scrapping it, which is really hard if you've put your heart and soul into something and you see, oh my gosh, it's not really resonating. Mm -hmm. But then you say, but look what is. So let's do more of this. And maybe there's some way this other piece that you really liked, we can thread that into it. And it's possible. Um, but if, if you're not coming up with measurable plans, you don't know what you need to do and where you need to go. And so these are the things that I, I talked about in this call and, and moving forward, really this one-on-one -on -one approach, even with my discovery calls, I find is better than, than giving them a template and saying, we need to make your business fit inside this box for my strategies to work. No, I need to look at your business and figure out what's going to work for your business, whether you have data available because you're an established business or you're a startup and we need to go pull in some market research to support what you want to do or where you need to go. So those are, that's really the approach I'm taking to my discovery calls now is that it's not going to be this kind of just universal pattern. I like that. Yeah, it isn't. It's not a cookie cutter at all. Save those for the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, we need, and it's, it's a blueprint for your business. It's just not a general plan. It's tailored to you and your business. I like, um, I like that because often on social media, especially when you're, when you're beginning, um, and even later on, it seems like it's kind of like half had half hazard kind of like, I'll just put whatever I feel. I'm like, I'm totally guilty of that. Cause I'm like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a daunting task. So it is. I think that's a very important skill to have someone that can like guide all of right. the frazzle frazzle-brained entrepreneurs and coaches who right. aren't really sure what step to take next. Because we are no longer in the social media, social media world of, if I just post content, it's enough. It's not anymore. And, you know, 
the platforms have their algorithms and what they promote and what they don't. And you have to be flexible and willing to change the way you approach your social media so that social media helps to grow your business versus just, you know, a time suck. And you've put all this time into slapping posts up, but it's not doing anything. That's a waste of time and resources. Yeah, and I you hear that so often from people. Yeah. I'm ready to give up. It's not right. working. Right. Well, it's not working because you don't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what, you don't even know what was working so that it's, and it, it ends up being this endless circle um, and you've got to break it. You've got to stop that cycle. Right. So for the listener who right now is in the midst of like struggle, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you're like, everything is coming at you. Yes. There's of roadblocks and problems. What, what are a couple of your, just your top tips in this with data? <laughs> okay. So, um, the first thing I would say is if you're struggling, take advantage of my discovery call. Um, because I, I get so much joy from seeing other businesses flourish and especially female run businesses. Cause that's, that's where my heart is, is female entrepreneurs. Um, and, and I want to see you succeed because ultimately if you succeed, I succeed. Um, and so even if it's just a discovery call and we don't have any other connection, I would love to know um, how I can help you and, and work forward and, and move your business forward in the ways that you dream. Um, so that's the first thing I would really recommend is that there are no strings attached to this, this discovery call whatsoever. I, they're just there for me to help you and for you to see the power of data and, and what data can do for your business. Um, the other thing is reach out and this isn't really data oriented, but reach out to other people's, other people in that do what you do. Because a lot of times you'll find that they're probably either they've struggled with it or they're currently struggling with the same problem. And it's the two heads are better than one. And, and a couple of things can result from this is either a, you guys come up with a solution and, and, you both move forward and, and that's okay. Even if you implement the same type of solution, because everybody brings unique qualities to the marketplace. And I'm not, you know, just as we talked, I'm not just a social media manager. I'm a strategist. I want to build a plan that we can measure and grow from and know that, you know, that the dollars you've put into the resources that I'm giving you, um, along with your own efforts, we can see their impact. That's, that's what it's about. Cause so many people are just, Oh, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing this, but is it doing anything? Because if it's not, again, it comes back to, it's a waste of time. So, um, I think talking with someone, um, in the same, the same segment of the market that you're in. Um, and I think also if you look at people who complement your market, so say for, um, a, a, a a lifestyle or a nutrition and like a, a weight loss coach, if they can talk with maybe say trainers or, you know, exercise experts or whatever you might call them, they may not come up with a solution. They may come up with a collaboration and that is just as beneficial because then the, you know, the clients of the fitness guru can become the clients of the nutrition and diet coach and vice versa. Um, so 
I think in doing that, you just, you open up so many possibilities. Um, and, and when you're in business for yourself, you need to build those relationships, um, and, and, and build strong ones because online isn't going away. And so you need to be able to build those relationships so that you can move forward with your business. And it's nice to have people that you know have your back and that are willing to take 20 or 30 minutes and hash out a problem with you or at least come up with some viable options to move forward. Um, Those relationships are just so, so incredibly valuable. Um, And so I think those are, are two of the big things, like for people that are stuck, those are a couple of the things that I would recommend. And that's really good. I think that's, um, in one of our businesses, I noticed the biggest growth was when um, I stopped just focusing on my own little world and started networking and working, right. collaborating with people. Right. That's when I saw my business really, uh, that one really grow. Right. And then, um, actually just a few months ago, we launched a summit, which is the same idea as like your network, you're bringing in different, not, not, I mean, con- not competition. I don't like using the word competition, but you know, people who are working together in similar niches, but also experts right. and complement each other. Right. It, it's a really fantastic experience. And I always, my husband and I talk about this. I'm like, I think it's a new economy. Like we've got, we've grown up like thinking, you know, business, you got to like, um, you know, fight to pop right but that isn't it doesn't exist anymore our new economy is is collaborative we work together especially online and so right. i love i love that you're just kind of reiterating that um again that that's that's a huge benefit to right. online it is so we're unfortunately running out of town time town oh my goodness <laughs> but it's been such a pleasure before we end is there something else you'd like to add <sighs> Now I'm stumped. stumped. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, yeah, I I mean, I I pretty much, you know, I just, I want people to reach out if they're stuck. Um, And if I don't have the answer and I can't find the answer, I will be completely honest with you and say, hey, I'm not the person for this, but let's work together and find someone that can help you address the situation. I will never leave people out in the cold like that. I will always try if I don't have the answer to get them moving in the right direction to find what they need. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, Jenny. Um, thank, you. Thank, you, thank you everyone who has spent time with us today listening. If you have really appreciated this interview, then I highly suggest taking advantage of Jenny's discovery call. You can get the link in our show notes um, and also a link where on anchor and on the risen entrepreneur.com. You'll find all of the links there and a way of accessing Jenny and all of her social media. Uh, you'll be able to find her yeah, thank you for listening. We're having like a hard time. I'm having a hard time talking today. <laughs> it's been such a pleasure. Thank well, you so much. It's been great. Goodbye for now. And we will see you guys all in the next podcast episode. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And remember, rise up entrepreneur because you are called to create.